It has been nearly impossible to manage thousands or even hundreds of buildings controlled by one organization. Now, a new industry is rising to solve that problem. We speak with Deb Noller of Switch Automation in this episode of Uptech Report. She talks about the struggles she has faced and the value that her company's IoT and automation solutions can provide to building managers. She discusses the sorry state of analytics in the building industry now and how improvements can be made. Well, thank you so much, Deb, for, for joining us. I'm thrilled to learn more about Switch, the journey that you've been on, where you're heading, and also how, your take on uh, IoT and this new world of technology and integrating all this data. To start us off, tell me, when did it start for you? When did this first begin, and where was it? Well, I guess it's probably a couple of things there. So one is I was very fortunate to stumble across computer science. Uh, and then I was very fortunate to stumble across my co-founder and we were very fortunate to stumble into our first business, which was phenomenally successful. So those kind of things happen in your life where you can't really plan them, but they, they occur. Uh, and we were building, uh, we built an incredibly successful business in the 90s that was doing logistics and shipping. The dot-com bust forced us to go look at other industries we were exploring around the world of integrating devices and things for high-end homes and then apartments. Uh, but the big thing for me was the um, collision of all of that background, my our enterprise IT experience, all of this building system experience. And then the aha moment for me, because I grew up in New Zealand, was we can make buildings have less impact on the planet. And so that's when I became just hell-bent on making this business successful no matter how hard it was and just the resilience of just you got to keep going because even if you fail it's still worth trying that underlying passion for for something more than just hey let's build a business to make money tell me more about that yes yeah, so i grew up in new zealand so um pristine dramatic environment uh, i was born in the 60s it was before plastic uh, and so in 50 years, I've watched us go from that to this. And I think, well, buildings, buildings use 40% of all the resources on the planet and humans spend 80% of their time in them. And still today in 2019, the biggest issue is I'm hot or I'm cold. It's ridiculous. You know, 25% of all the calls coming out of buildings are because people have uh, inappropriate comfort levels. And you'd think in 2019, we would have sorted that by now. Wow. So the industry that you are focusing on is the building facility management. Is that correct? It's anybody who has lots of buildings. And because I come from this enterprise IT background, it's astonishing to me that people that run large portfolios of buildings have such poor access to data um, and such poor reporting or decision making uh, analytics because they really they just haven't been able to tap into the data coming out of buildings. So yes, it is a facilities management uh, aspect to it, but really what we're trying to do is give people who run lots of buildings, so it doesn't matter whether it's schools or universities or hospitals or government buildings or commercial buildings or co-working or tenancies or retail stores or banks, we actually, it doesn't really matter to us. What we're trying to do is give you the management tools to be able to see in real time what's going on on a daily basis so that you, you and your team 
can focus on the things that will actually impact the experience, impact the comfort, Im impact the productivity, and impact your bottom line. Wow. So the, the pain point that you're really solving for, as you said, a very wide variety of type of organizations, is you, you were stating that the bottom line, for sure, but it, it's the sustainability, it's the environment, it's the experience, both for their own employees, but our customers that are coming in. How do you accomplish solving this, this pain point, the problem? Tell me more about then your solution. Well, it's really hard. And that's why it hasn't been done before. So that, that's why we are in 2019 and people don't have these management tools. It's a really difficult problem to solve for because if you're a bank with a thousand bank branches or if you're a real estate um, investment trust and you've got 200 big class A buildings or if you're a grocery chain and you've got you know, 500 grocery stores or a schools district, you have, and this wasn't intentional, but it's just you buy and sell buildings, uh, buildings that are deployed in different eras, they're deployed by different crews, um, and so that you just end up with every variety of system, architecture, um, and you just, it's very hard to bring all of that together, and that's what we do. Gotcha, and this world of the Internet of Things is definitely growing and it's become a buzzword and everything is being connected to the internet. That is where now you start to shine. Am I got that correct? You're able to then bring all that data together? That's true. Um, but what we're encouraging people to do is start with what you already have. Hmm. Everybody already has systems in their buildings that are digital ready. And it doesn't matter whether it's meeting room booking systems or help desk ticketing or visitor registration or uh, building management systems or energy meters, you've already got systems that are producing data, you're not harnessing that data. So we would encourage everybody to start with what you already have. Mm. And then the future proof of that um, uh, solution, of course, is you should be able to add any sensor in the future that you that your heart desires so you know cameras or co2 sensors or door sensors or any of the plethora of devices that are coming down the uh down the pipe for this journey that you're on to ideally cross the chasm what um what hurdles have you already faced that you're can say mm -hmm. yes we've, we've accomplished that we figured that out and what hurdles are coming up that you see yes yeah, so we're really lucky we've got amazing logos uh, and we've already proven the technology. So that's the bit that we've faced. Um, the, the, the things that we still have to figure out, and that's not just switch, that's the entire market, is which of the verticals are going to adopt this in droves? You know, we, we, who's gonna accelerate this first? We haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen one single sector go gangbusters and adopt technology, uh, even though a lot of them have extremely um, you know good economic reasons to do so um, the other thing is there's no obvious person yet who is the person in the organization that's responsible for this so it could be the CIO who's been asked by the CEO to think about how they're going to digitize their business it could be the head of operations it could be the head of facilities generally speaking they're going to be quite forward-thinking people who might have already done enough that they have the confidence to know what not to do in their, you know, they might have made a few mistakes in their past, but they're much more experienced around the selection of technologies now. Um, it, th th those are the pieces that I think we still have to figure out.
for your uh, current uh, customers, what's your cu current customer base like? What, what, well, how many customers do you have? And you're focused on enterprise. So what, what does that mm -hmm. look like? We don't have as many customers as you think, but we've got thousands of buildings. Mm. Uh, most of them are quite private about sharing logos. So I can't really share logos, but we're doing banking, we're doing grocery, we're doing co-working, we're doing commercial A offices. Um, we've just started to do um, some food and beverage. We're starting to do some liquor stores. Um, we're starting to do some hospitals. I'm hoping that we'll have some um, big universities coming on soon. I'm quite passionate about the industry uh, changing because at the moment that the universities are churning out mechanical engineers and energy engineers and sustainability people, but we actually need people that have all of that and more. You've got to know about cybersecurity. You've got to know about networking. You've got to be able to do data science and you've got to be able to put together a solution and there's, there's no real obvious kind of um, industry driver for the skill sets that we need yet. And so I think if universities were to adopt technologies like Switch, expose the data and the, and the systems to their students, then I think we would see some acceleration of the interest in this space because there's honestly not enough skills in the, in the industry. Yeah. That's a fascinating point that talking about new jobs needed for this new world of technology, yeah. you're describing a new exactly. job. Yeah, we need thousands of these people to be able to, you know, you think about the number of retail chains that you can just think of off the top of your head that have more than 1,500 or 2,000 locations, you know, Office Depot and Starbucks. I mean, you, you just go on and on and on, right? For, for the industry to adopt these types of technologies in the kind of mass that we need this to happen, we're going to need thousands of skilled people to do that. And you only have to go on LinkedIn and look at the people that have got a background in smart buildings and see how much they're being headhunted right now. Like there's just not enough people in the industry. Wow. Let's, let's talk more about the technology then uh, behind your sure. platform. So obviously there's some, some IP there, whether, tell me more about it. What, what, what is there? Yeah, so it's a full stack. Uh, we're partnered with Microsoft. So it's all hosted on Microsoft Azure. Um, we use some of the tools that Azure um, provides, but a lot of it is our own IP that's built into that. We have an IoT gateway where we've partnered with Dell. So this is a device that has our, um, our operating system for want of a better word. It's an embedded device like an Xbox. So if you turn it off and turn it back on again, it will come back exactly the same. Highly secure, which is why we've partnered with both of those organizations. So the IoT gateway goes into a building and connects uh, on premise with every single system that's on site. So it's the building management system and the energy metering and maybe the security or the access control, the sensors, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that collects data from those devices and pushes it up to the cloud. In the cloud, we have uh, a bunch of analytics that help people to benchmark their buildings so that they can see basically with their morning coffee in the morning that their scores are going down or up uh, and, and what's going on. Can I relax? All my scores are going down. Which buildings are causing that? Why is that happening? And we go right down to equipment level scoring. So we can actually help people get to the root cause of why their scores are going down, but also the root cause of why that score has gone down. Wow. So uh, this, 
this box this uh that you've created a, effectively your own operating system on this computer that you part with partnership that then connects to these local devices or um give me some examples hvac uh, yeah so it provides the interoperability right uh, so as an example um, we've just started um, deploying some bank branches. Now, if you think of bank branches, they're really dumb buildings. They're not smart buildings. When people think about smart buildings, they think of that bright, shiny one example, you know. But we don't think like that. We think about making buildings smarter. Um, and if you think about bank branches, they're like, there's thousands of them. They've got light switches with switches that turn on and off. They might have a smart thermostat if they're lucky for the air conditioning, but all of the uh, systems in that bank would be disconnected except for their internal security system. So what we do is we connect those systems, but it actually can invoke controls. So when your staff member comes in in the morning and the first staff member comes in and disarms the alarm, you know that you've got somebody who's legitimately in the building, therefore you can turn the air conditioning and the lighting on. Uh, as, the, as an example. And what we've found is just by automating the schedules, we've been able to get more than 20% energy savings, just automating the schedules. That's not actually going out there and trying to make those bank branches more energy efficient. It's just putting the lights on when they're meant to be on and the lights off when they're meant to be off and the air conditioning on and off when it's meant to be on and off. So um, there's, it, it, and it gets obviously a lot more powerful than that, but that's just an example. Um, people that are running large portfolios like that have problems where managing things as simple as, is my signage on? Is my signage on and, and is it representing our, band, our brand? Oh, actually, no, it's half lit. And we know that from the draw on the, on the energy meter, therefore somebody should go and fix that. And typically that kind of problem would only be reported when somebody drives down the street at night time and sees that and puts in a ticket. People that are running class A office buildings, apart from comfort, what they really care about is proving to their tenants that they're providing space that helps them with productivity. So CO2 sensors are, and, and the whole wellness uh, and, and worker, um, uh, uh, sorry, indoor air quality and, the, and the how healthy are our buildings is, a, is an enormous driver for um, these types of technologies. And if you think about the costs uh, to businesses, the people power of any business is the biggest cost. So anything that we can do to improve uh, the productivity of the environment is absolutely what um, people that are running large enterprise care about. So that's one um, and that's where all of these sensors are so fantastic, these sensors that are coming into the market. So we can measure humidity, temperature, CO2 levels. I'm in a phone booth, which is beautifully uh, ventilated, but a lot of phone booths are not, as you would well be aware of, uh, and they become extremely stuffy and you feel like you're going to pass out. Um, the other one is um, door sensors for measuring security and risk when people are uh, using the wrong doors or propping doors open and, you know, um, potentially providing a, a risk um, environment for, for workers, staff, students, patients. 
Gotcha. For this world where then all these different devices um, can then connect and are providing data, they also have their own uh, many companies with their own solutions and stuff. Uh, has it been difficult to then create uh, connections and APIs so that all come that all that data is able to come into your platform? Tell me more yeah. about that. Yeah, that's that's one of the big challenges, but that's actually what we're really good at, and we've been doing that for for years and years. And so, that is part of our IP. We have a, a very comprehensive driver stack, uh, and that's expanding all the time. So wow. that that's actually uh, it's a challenge for the rest of the market. It's not a challenge for us. We just can continue to add uh, things. We just recently did a massive refrigeration company for a grocery chain. Wow. For other businesses that are realizing that partnerships or APIs or connections to other companies, it could be a smart tactic. Any thoughts that you can share of what is the, what is it like to build these many types of relationships with so many different companies? So my view on that is no one company is going to solve the market. We all have to be part of a collaborative ecosystem. This is going to be an extremely large industry and there's no one company that's going to solve for all of this. It doesn't like some of them think that, but that's just crazy. And if you think about 2009 and how Amazon Web Services opened up the cloud for developers to be able to develop software applications that we all use now every single day and how those all have inter, uh, integration and interoperability with other apps, that's what has accelerated our, our um, adoption of technologies. And that's exactly how the building industry has to go. Gotcha. Now, with all this data coming to one place, how are you helping people look at the data? Do you have any AI or machine learning that's providing interesting statistics? We do have machine learning that helps onboard buildings really quickly because the way buildings are deployed, a single person does every single building and they can name their data points any way they like. They can tag them any way they like. And that has been problematic in the past. So we did a lot of machine learning to make sure that we could onboard buildings really quickly. Um, AI, we haven't found a customer yet that's really uh, got collected enough, uh, enough data yet to apply AI. It's absolutely part of the future. Uh, but I actually think that the smartest people in the industry have been locked out of this particular market because the hardest thing to solve is how to get the data in the first place. Once you've got the data, then all of the clever people can come in and work out these amazing algorithms and apply artificial intelligence and we'll get we'll get to self-healing buildings but right now the you know if you were a, a super sharp google engineer uh working on ai you would look at this market you look at the industry and go it's too hard to get that, too hard to get that data i'll give up and go and do something else you've painted a good picture of, of the journey you've been on where you are and also, where, where you're looking to go. So looking forward, you know, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah, so I've always wanted to build a global business. I've been, uh, you know, my, I graduated in 1989. So I watched the big tech houses in the 90s build big, scalable global businesses using technology, not people. Uh, and that's always been, you know, one of my goals is how do, how do you do that? And I just happen to combine that with my passion for, you know, uh, improving the environment by attacking buildings. So we unashamedly uh, are very ambitious on what, we're, what we've set out to do. And that is to create 
a technology that will become the global standard for the way people uh, manage buildings. So we are already speaking to a number of companies who can assist us with that. So we're about to take an investment out of Hong Kong where that company has huge footprint in China and Asia. So they'll help us with that. Last night I was speaking to two companies based in India. You know, our company on its own would find it challenging to tackle India or China, but with the right partners, absolutely. So an aggressive growth plan, a great vision, I see it, and the smart tactic of creating partnerships to allow for that growth. And seeing this, this vision, we've already kind of talked about it, but what do you see as the, the hurdles that you still need to overcome in order to realize this vision? It, partnerships? What, uh, what it's really getting that adoption faster. You know, it's still business as usual in the real estate community. And I think some of that is just paralysis because, uh, you know, they don't have the skills to know what to do. Um, I think a lot of it is they don't really understand just how big the opportunity is for cost savings in their, bus in their businesses. They don't understand the inefficiency, inefficiencies and overlaps in the services that they've got. Uh, they haven't seen other people doing it um, at scale yet. So I think that's uh, some of the issue. Um, I think once, once it starts, it, it's like all technologies though. If you think about Uber and Airbnb, once they start to take hold, they, they grow like wildfire. For you, how are you innovating and staying current? What, what do you, is there any places you go to look for information and new ideas, whether it's technology or business? Well, I travel a lot uh, and when you travel a lot, you just observe the world and I'm always at events and whether I'm speaking or listening and we're lucky, we've got enormous um, customers and we just get to speak to people and yes, and, and I read and yeah. What, what books or audio books or podcasts are you, are you reading or listening to right now? So I keep a couple of books on my, um, on my phone to listen to all the time. So my, my favorite book for all entrepreneurs is The Hard Thing About Hard Things, hmm. which has some really good business lessons in there, uh, but is also just a reminder that it's hard for everybody, even, even the people that started Netscape. Uh, and at the moment, I'm reading The Waters Will Come, which is a book about... Um, the Rising Oceans uh, by um, Jeff Goodall. Uh, I met him last week at an event and he, uh, and it, we just had a fantastic conversation. Yeah. Awesome. For those who are watching along, what would you tell them to, where should they look for more information and anything you'd want to share? I think the, the best thing for, for founders is to talk to other founders because if you just read the hype in the media, you'll find companies that just raised, you know, 40 million. And, you know, there's, the, there's those success stories that are just touted in the media all the time. The, the, the grim hard reality is creating a company is hard work and it's uh, a grind. And if you go talk to other founders, it reminds you of that. And you get a lot of, all founders will happily help you with uh, information and tips and how they got through and what they did and how they did their funding rounds. And so I, I would suggest get yourself as networked as you can with other founders.
That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Thank you.